Speak to us now, O oh Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today. This is why we've come, dear Lord. We're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. <clears throat> and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but God, your word will forever last. Bless God now. As your word goes forth. Holy Spirit, have your way. Help us to be all that you want us to be. Let the great seed of your word find good soil in our hearts. May we will be more than hearers of your word, we'll be doers as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the midst of multi-million dollar marketing campaigns, in the midst of items being pitched from food items to technology, to businesses, to global giants, this commercial was deemed by some to be the most powerful commercial shown during the Super Bowl. Some went so far as to say it's the best Super Bowl commercial of all time. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying Take a look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see it clearer, or are you deceived? In what you believe? Cause I'm only human Y'all, I've watched that commercial, and uh, I got to tell you, I found it. I had to watch it again and again. Man, there was so much in there. Um, but but, the, but the, the visceral hatred that was being shown, uh, the anger, the venom, uh, the people who don't know each other, don't have any ought against each other, other than the fact that they may be on the opposite sides of political ideological lines, uh, are going at each other. There, there's a hatred in our land that my brothers and sisters, I, I'm not sure if it's ever going to be healed. I don't know if this rift is ever going to bring us back together. And I love the ending when it says, Jesus loves the people we hate. And then he says, he gets us, all of us. And, and, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I, I was guilty. You might have gone the same place. When I looked at that and, and I saw him say, he gets us. I was saying to myself, thank God he gets us. And I was really saying, thank God he gets me. 
Am I the only one? I was like, oh, man, thank God he gets me. And then it said he gets all of us. And I was like, whoa. Because just like I think he gets me, somebody on the opposite side may think he gets me. At the end of the day, here's the challenge. How do we move forward and being who God has created us to be and not allow, listen carefully, earthly ideological agendas to keep us from ushering in the kingdom of God on earth? See, I submit to you today, my brothers and sisters, that the saddest part of the condition of our country and the condition of our world is that there are believers who pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And they don't realize they have a different agenda than heaven does. And y'all, I got to tell you, man, it, it's, it's, it's getting hard for me. I'm not going to talk about you. It's getting hard for me to let some stuff go. It's getting hard for me to forgive some stuff. It's getting hard for me to let, let, let some things pass because, because I realize, and some of you may not feel this way, every day I go out, every time I'm, I'm, I'm facing uh, a police officer, even in my midst, every time, man, I feel a fear for my life. Because they don't know I'm a pastor. They just know I'm a big brother. And they assume some things before I ever open my mouth. Here's a question I want to ask you. Is there anybody you still need to forgive? that you haven't forgiven yet. Now, now y'all listen. Three weeks ago, I did part one of this message, how to forgive one another. And I can't tell you how many phone calls and how many text messages and how, how many people articulated, how convicted they were. But in three weeks, they haven't changed their conduct. You don't have to say amen. You can say ouch if I'm talking about you. Right. In other words, here's what I mean. You had somebody that was hard to forgive and you was like, Lord, have mercy. God, but pastor, you stepping on my toes tonight. Oh, Lord, you sh I know you're right. I need to forgive him. And then you talk to somebody and said, you know, man, pastor show was on it today. Boy, I need to forgive them. You know, I sure need to let it go because that thing been bothering me for years. And you might have even prayed about it casually once or twice. But you still haven't changed your conduct. You still haven't forgiven them. You still haven't let it go. And so today I want to talk about part two of how to forgive one another. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need one, raise your hand. Ushers, y'all. Sister Randall, what is that? The touchdown signal? What is that? Y'all didn't get any? Oh, okay. 
All right. All right. So listen, if you have your, if you have your phone, we know we're a smartphone church, go to the app, open up the app, go to the message, and the outline is on the app. Which means you can take it with you wherever you go. Yeah, and you can share it. Thank you, Deke. You're sure right. Go to this Sunday. Open it up. And if you don't have the app, go to wherever you get your apps and download the Good Hope Church app. So here's what I wanted to talk about today in particular. I wanted to talk about helping you understand why you are commanded to forgive God or forgive others. Like, why has God set such a high standard for our lives? Why has God challenged you and challenged me to do something that is so hard to do? Some folk, it's easy. Jesus wasn't necessarily talking about them. Because you could do that on your own. No, when Jesus commands us to forgive, it's as if Jesus is saying, you have a responsibility to forgive those who are easy to forgive and even those who are unforgivable. Because the command to forgive does not vary depending on the offense that's been committed. In other words, he doesn't say, oh, forgive everybody if they did a minor offense. But those major folk go to eye for an eye, two for two. It's like, no, it's blanket. Everybody is to be forgiven. No exceptions. No outliers is what he says. So today I want to share with you five things in this topical expositional message. Five areas that support why God says you need to forgive. And for somebody who may be watching right now, for somebody who may be looking and you're saying, God, dog, you're going to talk about that again? I wouldn't have to if you had forgiven. That's the truth of the matter. If you had forgiven, it wouldn't even have come up again. It had just been part of the sermon series. I wouldn't have had to circle back around and come back to it again. Here's the first thing. Number one, you are commanded to forgive others because you have already been forgiven by God. Ephesians 4.32, let's read it together. Be kind to one another tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. He says, because Christ has forgiven you, no matter how much wrong you did, he forgave you. And he says, because he has forgiven you, you have now upon you the expectation that you will forgive others. You'll say, but you don't know what they did. And I can hear God saying, but do you remember what you did? 
See, y'all, let's be honest. We minimize what we do wrong. And we maximize what other people do that we perceive to be wrong, even if it's not as bad as we think it is. We want to be judged by our intentions, but we judge other people by their actions. And we don't even ask for an explanation. Paul says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, and forgive one another. He says, forgive those who have done wrong against you, no matter how great the wrong is, because you have been forgiven by God. Now, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand if you've ever been forgiven by God. Because every hand would go up. Some of us need to put both hands up and both feet up. I can't do it because I'm standing, but some of y'all who are sitting, you can raise all four. He says, that, that's why I tell you you need to forgive. But watch the second thing. You are commanded to forgive others because forgiving people makes you more like God. Now, I'm going to get my real holy crowd here. This is what I mean when I say my real holy crowd. I want to be more like Jesus. Jesus, help me to be more like you. And it's like the Lord says, oh, you want to be more like me? Well, let me line you up for some folk to lie on you. Talk about you. Mistreat you. Stab you in the back. Even your closest friends will sell you out. He said, let me help you be more like me. Luke chapter 6, verse 35, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Lord, have mercy on me. And the Lord says, are you going to have mercy on somebody else? Or are you going to hold on to that grudge for the rest of your life? And the saddest part is when the person who has done you wrong or your perceived wrong that you've been experiencing, when they move on with their life, and you still back stuck in yesterday. He says, when you learn how to forgive, you're more like God. You're more like Jesus. You're more like Jesus. Wait a minute, isn't that, isn't that supposed to be our goal to be more like Jesus? I know some of y'all look at me right now and say, well, I don't know about that, Rev. I may need to, I may need to rethink that thing now. No, you want to be more like Jesus. You want to be more like God. And there's no better place to begin the journey of being more like God than the area of forgiveness because you can't forgive without God. 
Let me put a quarter in a medium park there for somebody. Forgiveness requires divine assistance. You are not going to be able to forgive in your flesh alone. If you're trying to talk yourself into forgiving, you know, you're trying to meditate your way. No, no, you're not going to get there in your flesh. I'm telling you, I know because I've tried. You're not going to get there in your flesh. If the Holy Spirit doesn't help you get there, you're not going to get there. When you learn how to forgive, you become more like God. Here's the third thing. Number three, you are commanded to forgive others so your fellowship with God can be right. So your fellowship with God can be right. Mark eleven twenty five, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. I'm praying, and I got a beef with somebody in here. God says, you better forgive. Because watch this. You can't be wrong with somebody else and be right with God. Somebody tweet that for me. You can't. You, you can't be wrong with somebody else and be right with God. Your stuff cannot be raggedy horizontally and then you think it's all good vertically. I don't care who it is. Husband, wife parent, child, I don't care who it is. I don't care, thank you, Lord. I don't care how disappointed you are in what they did. They didn't live up to your expectations. You raised them better than that. That's your pride. That's your stuff. That's not them. And at the end of the day, can you forgive if for no other reason than to make sure your walk with God is right? Because it can't be wrong with them and it be right with God. Here's the fourth thing. You are commanded to forgive others so that when you need to be forgiven, by someone else, you are better positioned to get what you need from them. Uh, th this is one of the most misquoted passages I've ever heard in church, out of church, articulated by preachers, manipulated, taken out of context to try to get a justifiable conduct. Judge not. Luke 6, verse 37, and you will not be judged, condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now, you know what's always interesting to me? It's always interesting to me how people want to lean into the first part and shy away from the second part of that verse. They're going to lean into the judge. 
I mean, I've heard some real judgmental people. I mean, well, you know, you got to judge a tree by the fruit it bears, you know. Okay, I, I hear you leaning into the A part of that verse. Can you lean into the B part? Now look at verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. I have heard this verse used more times to lift an offering. Given, it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And they forget to finish the verse. The King James says, will men give into your bosom? Not God, men will give into your bosom. But look at the context of the passage. The context of give and it will be given to you, it's in the context of relationship. Judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Uh, let me take you all back. So how, how many of y'all remember when Jimmy Swaggart went through his public Okay, for those of you who may be too young, Google it, okay? Um, so Jimmy Swaggart was arguably one of the most famous televangelists in the world. Uh, I mean, he, he owned a part of Baton Rouge, right? Uh, international broadcast, thriving church, university named after him, seminary named after him, and... Y'all don't name anything after me before I die. You, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even want that pressure, you know? Like, you know, folk naming stuff after them in their 40s, you know? That's like, man, you got a long time to mess up, you know? Side note. And uh, some of y'all heard of PTL Club, Jim, Tammy Faye Baker, right? And, and, and ABC had done this expose on Jim and Tammy Faye and their air-conditioned doghouse and gold-plated toilets and sinks and stuff, you know, bathroom fixtures and, and how much money they were supposed to be making, PTL. And, man, Jimmy Swaggart went, I mean, he came out, I'm talking about off the top rope. I mean, he went after them. He used his broadcast to go after them and their broadcast. Like, it got so bad, it wasn't even about preaching and teaching Jesus anymore. It's like, I'm going to be against them. Man, I mean, he went after them. And there was another little preacher that he went after that was part of the Assemblies of God. He led the defrocking of that preacher, which simply means that they withdraw your ordination, right? Cast you aside. Um, because he allegedly had some relationship that he shouldn't have had. Uh, that same preacher that he led the charge to defrock, publicly going after Jim Baker, that same preacher hired a private investigator who followed Jimmy Swaggart around. Uh, got information about him going to a New Orleans hotel repeatedly meeting a hooker there, you know, got, got all this, all this 
ammo. And man, when that hit the fan, listen, they told me they're building still in Baton Rouge that they own that they have not finished because all of their fundraising dried up instantly. Because all of the criticism he threw at Jim Baker and Tammy Faye Baker and he threw at this other preacher, it had all come back on him. And you talking about karma? <laughs> you know my payback? Y- y'all know what payback is, don't you? <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'll never forget the image of Jim Jim and Tammy Faye sitting on the sidelines and Jimmy Swaggart coming on TV crying and lip quivering. I have sinned before God. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. Bruh, you knew no sin. You leading the defrocking of everybody. And then after he got caught, and they went through this restoration plan. He got caught again. Came back in front of the cameras crying again. Listen, if you ever think you might need forgiveness, you might want to give some forgiveness up front. That's all I'm saying. Because this text is not about money. This text is about social interaction. It's about social capital. Capital. If you judge, you setting yourself up to be judged. You condemn, you setting yourself up to be condemned. If you forgive, you are setting yourself up to be forgiven by somebody else. And somebody said it like this, you don't ever want to throw rocks when you live in a glass house. Here's the fifth and final thing. You are expected to forgive others because the Lord said so. Now, you don't don't get nothing else. You are expected to forgive others because the Lord said so. Verse 3, Luke 17. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. It's not a choice. It's a command. You must forgive him. Now, here's a question. Why are you and why am I commanded and expected and held accountable to forgive? Because God said so. And and here's what you need to understand. He's given you and he's given me everything you and I need to do what he has commanded us to do. Now, here's what I will tell you. If it was easy to do, he wouldn't have commanded it. Come on, think about your own children. How much do they have to not do 
for you to get to the point that you command them to do. Like first is maybe a suggestion, a friendly nonverbal. You know what I mean? You try to stay away from touch for attention. Right? You give them that friendly nonverbal. Then maybe you give them that unfriendly nonverbal. Then you give them that friendly verbal. Then you give them that not so friendly verbal. You're working your way up the scale, but you're like, come on now, get me off this train as quick as possible. I ain't trying to go there, you know what I mean? Because I can't go to touch for attention. Don't, don't make me go there. Uh, my, my oldest son, Marcus, you know, it's funny. I, I've never had any problems with Brandon. And I asked him one day, I said, Brandon, why have have you never really challenged me? He said, because of Marcus. <laughs> he said, oh, Dad, I learned my lesson, Pop. I ain't got to. I tell him, don't play with the old man. Why you play with him? <laughs> he consistent. He the same. He ain't never changed. I, I, had, I had to put an indent in some sheetrock at the house with Marcus one time. And, uh. Brandon was like, oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> Brandon would be like, what you want me to do, Pop? What time you want me home? I'll be there early. You know what I mean? Listen, God gives us everything we need. He doesn't command us to do stuff that he knows is easy for us to do because he wouldn't have to command it. Okay, some of y'all looking at me strange. Let me give you one more example, and I'm going to finish. Um, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husbands. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> See, some of y'all, y'all were like, that's right, Pastor. You tell them, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Then you're like, why you got to go to that submission thing? Why you got why I use that four-letter word? I don't even understand. It's five letters. I know it's five. Actually, it's six, but it's still a four-letter word to me, right? So when God says, I command you to do this, he knows it's not natural for you to do it. That's why he's got to command you to do it. But he knows you can do it. And here's why he knows you can do it. Look at A. The experience of being forgiven. He says, I told you and I'm telling you to forgive because of the experience of being forgiven. You remember you were a wretch undone. You were lost on your way to hell. You have messed up more than you have gotten cleaned up. And over and over again, I have had to forgive you. You have experienced my grace over and over and over again. How many times have you had to pray and say, Lord, if you get me out of this? How many times have you had to pray and say, Lord, if the test, please just let it come back negative. This one time, just let it come back negative. Lord, I promise you, Lord, you ain't got to ever worry about me again. God says, you've experienced forgiveness. 
Why is it so hard for you to give it when you've experienced it? But look at B. He says, I've given you the example of how to forgive. Not only have you experienced it, I gave you the example. I gave you the model. Look at how Jesus forgave. Not only how he forgave you, but on the cross. This man crucified on the cross asked God to forgive his enemies for their ignorance. I gave you an example. Like when in doubt, do what Jesus does. Any questions? What would Jesus do? And I know some of y'all saying, but I ain't Jesus. Exactly, that's the point. Like you ain't surprising God when you say you're not like Jesus. He knows that. That's why he gave you Jesus as the example. Watch this. You have the experience of being forgiven. You have the example of how to forgive here. See, and this is the last thing. You have the enablement to forgive. You have the enablement to forgive. You have the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. See, did you notice that when Paul says, tenderhearted, kind, merciful, forgiving one another, I don't, I don't know if you picked it up. All that's like in the fruit of the spirit. All that's in the fruit of the spirit, which is what? The evidence that the Holy Spirit has control of your life. Listen, God never asked you to do something in your flesh that you can only get done by the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. He says, I know you can't do it in your flesh. That's that same flesh that's at war. Romans 7, Paul, when I would do good, evil is always present. The good that I should do, that's I, I don't do that. The bad that I shouldn't do, that's what I end up doing. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who is going to deliver me from this body of death? So your flesh battle is not a surprise to God. But your failure to depend upon the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you is a disappointment to God. Because you don't have to live like you don't have power within you. He said so. That's it. That's it. How many of y'all had your mama, your grandmama? Just get to the point of frustration. You kept on asking, you kept on, and they say, because I said so. Don't ask me no more. And, and here's what you did when you probably heard that. I ain't going to never be mean like that to my mom and daddy. I ain't going to never say anything like that to them. And you know what I tell people whenever they say that? You must not have children. Because when you have a child, they're going to come with you the same way. And when they get through, you're going to get to that point somewhere down the line. You're going to be like, because I said so. That's it. That's the big joker in the conversation. I said so. Case closed. It's over. Done. Finito. I said so.
Some of y'all, God, you know how hard it was. Do I have to forgive them? Did you, did you, did you not hear what I said? Yeah, but God, I've been, I've been wrestling with this a long time. I know, that's why I said it. But I don't, I don't know if they deserve it. You don't deserve the ones I've given you. you you're not forgiven for their sake. You're forgiven for your sake. You're forgiving, watch this, not so your relationship with them is right, but so your relationship with me is right. It's not easy. And can I tell you something? It may get harder before it gets easier. But all I can do is rest on the word of God. When God says with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Even your forgiving someone you have deemed to be unforgivable with man is impossible. But with God, everybody say with God. With God, all things are possible. Father, thank you today for your word. I pray now that somebody would leave here beyond conviction. I pray that they would leave here today committed to changing their conduct I pray God that they would lean out of judge and condemn and lean into forgiving move by the power of your Holy Spirit God not just bring back to our remembrance those issues but take us to a place where we can find the internal healing we need to have the peace that you have for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody who can, everybody who will, if you stand on your feet, please, for me. Master Control, put the uh, QR code up. Um, you know, I've asked y'all the last couple of weeks, everybody just take out your phone, even if you're not, just point it up there like you, you're trying to get the QR code on your phone. And, and let me say this, every week we've had people internally who have joined the church while, while, while you're doing that, just making it easy for them. So everybody pull out your phone real quick, just pull out your phone real quick. Let's pull out your phone. Somebody may be watching to see if you're going to pull out your phone. That's why I pull out mine. All right? And just point it up there. If you'd like to accept Christ as your Savior, you can get that hot link there. I want to accept Christ, but how? If you want to join the church, you can do that via that link as well. Um, if you've asked Christ into your life, we want to help walk with you through that journey. So I want you to do that. But here's what I want to do today. I just feel God leading me to do this. Um, I want to open up an extended invitation 
for somebody. Um, I don't know where you all are in this journey. I was, uh, let me confess, I was for a season. Um, I was I was good being at home. No, I was great being at home. I was great because I, I, I'm an introvert anyway. I was man, I was great. You know, we was good. Um, I like my wife. So, you know, we were good. No, no, I mean, I, I, I love my wife, but I like her. Like, she's good people. You know what I mean? How many of y'all know there's a difference, right? You, y'all know some folk that like, no, nah, I love my wife. I just can't stand that woman. You know what I mean? It's like, ooh, my husband get on my nerves. Yeah, I love him. And then start cussing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we were good. But, but I'm, I've been reminded recently of the importance of people and contact, right? Um, and so I, w- I want to extend an opportunity for somebody because here's, here's the first place forgiveness needs to start. It needs to start with yourself. Um, and there's somebody who's here right now you have literally been beating yourself up. Um, and, and, and having drive is great. Having goals, tremendous. But making mistakes, that's human. Right? And, and you don't have to make a mistake because you wanted to make a mistake. You just made a mistake. circumstances, situations. Um, And I want to give somebody an opportunity to say yes to God today. Not because of what somebody else has done, but because of what you haven't given to yourself. And that's the gift of forgiveness to yourself. Um, I I can go down a litany of things that just running through my mind right now. Um, But I'll just suffice it to say this. You are where you are and you are at a place you never planned on being. Like you didn't wake up one day and somebody said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you said, I want to be right here where I am right now. Right? Like that was not the place that you wanted to be. But circumstances and situations have you there. And a lot of times we blame ourselves And I'm not saying you were not at fault. I'm not saying you didn't make any mistakes. I'm just saying you can't continue to live in those mistakes and move forward to where God wants you to be. Right? If you stay locked into and you're holding on to your past, you can't claim what God has for you in the future. If you're beating yourself up regarding what happened in the past, Lord have mercy, the devil doesn't even have to come against you. I've never seen a fighter go into his corner between rounds and get beat up by his cornermen. Right? You know, ding. He goes sit down in the corner and they start slapping him and punching him and beating him. That's not the place that you want to get beat, right? Well, as crazy as that is, can you imagine how crazy it is to beat yourself up? And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. 
So I want to extend the opportunity for you to come. If you're here today, you've never asked the Lord into your life. If you're here today looking for a church home, we invite you to come. You can use the QR code, but if you'd like to come, QR code is cool and we're going to contact you. But if you just want a hug, you know what I'm saying? You just want to connect with a person. You just like, man, I've been in isolation a long time. I just need, I just need some love. I need some acceptance. I need some forgiveness. And I need to feel that. 